Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the Fabric Podcast, we're joined again by our sales and marketing directors, Tom Foster, Director of Sales, and Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing. We have an interesting conversation about shifting from worrying about and trying to beat your competitors to being aware of your rivals and what they're up to, but really being focused on customers and meeting their needs exceptionally well. Tom and Michael share about what it's been like to shift to this approach, what they've noticed in the mentality of our team, how we're approaching things, and even our outcomes. Don't worry, just because we're not focused on our rivals doesn't mean we've lost sight of growth and profits, which Michael and Tom talked to us about. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, I am so excited to be back on the podcast with Michael and Tom because we always have a lot of fun when we're here together. So Michael, welcome back. Hello. 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 Welcome. Uh, I guess welcome to you. I don't know. I'm all over the place today. (laughs) Thank you for welcoming me. No one ever welcomes me to the show. I I appreciate that. Thank you. And Tom, a big welcome to you also. Cool. And welcome back to you. I'll do it too. I like (laughs) that. Thank you. All right. So let's start off with reminding our listeners about what it means to be playing in an infinite game as a business. We've talked about it a lot, but in case people haven't listened to previous episodes, let's start there. Cool. Um, well, I can, I can go first. So in, in, in there's two kinds of games. There's the finite game and the infinite game. And most businesses play the finite game. And finite games can be described really simply as a game that has a beginning and an end that you can win or lose. There's a there's an outcome that's going to happen. And an infinite game just never ends. So finite companies, you'll hear all the time, uh, they want to win, they want to be the best, they are number one in their field, whatever it may be, but who created that? Where did that come from? Yeah, you can create a metric um, and be number one in your field or in one category, but you created the metric, so is it really a thing? And what we've adopted is the Simon Sinek idea of having an infinite mind or an infinite game, and that means we're in this not to win or to beat, we're in this to keep playing. Like, plain and simple, our objective is to further the game and to continue playing forever. And in real, in reality, it'll outlive me, it'll outlive Michael, it should outlive everybody that's currently at the company, and our company will continue to grow and go and continue forever. That's that's what it really means for, for my side. Um, for the sales department, it's it's an interesting twist trying to figure out how do you live that? But we're already seeing examples, meaning it's not necessarily win at all costs, get the sale now. It's about building relationships and realizing that, hey, this is an infinite game. If it takes three weeks or four weeks to close that deal, or you know, I was, I was talking to Quinn, our enterprise account executive, because uh, we're starting this initiative. He's like, oh, shoot, man, I need to get that done by Monday. I was like, Quinn, we're, we're playing an infinite game. If you have it by Tuesday, it's totally fine. It's created a lot less stress for the, for the sales department. Yeah, I love that. And, and Michael, what about you? Anything you want to add about this idea of playing an infinite game and kind of what that means for marketing? Uh, I, think it, um, I think it cuts out a lot of the, uh, the cliches that marketers like to use, like <laughs> the number one rated visitor management system, like or we're the best visitor, but based on who? Like, and, <laughs> you know, we, there are companies out there, obviously, that try and measure that kind of stuff. And we even use, you know, our, our customer reviews. But 
I saw a an advertisement on social media the other day for a shirt company that claimed to have the softest shirts over the competition, like the softest shirts over the over everyone else in the market. Based on what? Based on who? Like right. on right. Uh, like. <laughs> Have you really asked every single person who's put on a shirt and all the other customers shirt if they have the softest feel? It's just cut it cuts out silly little things like that. And instead you get to just highlight the amazing things that your customers are doing. Uh, to go back to our story brand language, it's not all about us. It's our customer and they're the hero of the story. We're simply the guide that is there that as customer needs change, as as our product changes. We're just simply there to figure out, help you figure out how to fit it in with what your goals are and what your needs are as a company. And, and so, yeah, I, as somebody who hates cliches that we've talked about on this, uh, on this podcast before, it definitely uh, allows you to cut out some of that on the marketing side. Absolutely. We know you hate cliches, but you do love a good quote. So you love saying. a good quote. Yes. <laughs> So let's get into competitors and trying to beat the competition. Tom, you kind of already touched on this and and Michael, you did too. Now, we don't have competitors and we're not trying to beat anyone. We have rivals. So share with us about sort of what this means and why this distinction is so important. There's there's one flip there um, that I think is, is important for people to understand. Deal by deal, like when Quinn or when Sam are, are trying to close business, because obviously we're trying to close businesses and as part of our just cause, we need to be profitable in that business to further our, you know, the, the things we're doing for employees and for our community. So deal by deal, like, yes, we're trying to win business. We're trying to beat another company to gain that business. But over the long haul, Honestly, and I don't know if Tom is the same way, I don't think about the other visitor management system companies in the space. I just don't. I appreciate, actually, they're out there evangelizing the same message we are and helping seed the market with this idea of visitor management and what it is and how it works. But day in and day out, week over week, month after month, I don't pay attention to anything that the other visitor management systems in the space do. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of that. Uh, I, I think the rivals, and believe me, we do celebrate wins uh, when it comes from another uh, arrival. And it's funny because we'll have we'll be in competition. I mean, we're in sales. Let's just face it. People shop and look at all the other ones, and we'll be like, okay, great. We don't put the high pressure, whatever. We just don't sell that way. And they'll go with a rival and inevitably it appears they come back and they're like, well, we, we like the way in your approach. We liked how you guys did things. I look at rivals as a good thing. If you're the only person in your space, there's no real push to innovate. So I look for the rivals that we currently have as, well, I, this might sound strange, but almost kind of like a partner, like they're getting, Michael already said it, but they're getting the message out there. They're actually making it easier. And by all of us working together, as opposed to being like, I got to beat this company, or I've got to be better than that company, or this company came out with a feature, or like, oh, great. But what's best for the customer? What is best for them? And we've had this philosophy for a long time. We don't want to be everything to everybody. You know, um, cool. We, I've talked to a few people that we're partnering up with with some other features that we just plain and simple don't want to build. We want to be number one in our mind, meaning we do the best for our customers in visitor management. 
I don't want to do X. I don't want to add Y. We really want to be the best at what we do in our own minds and based on what our customer's feedback is. We're not going to go get, you know, tons of venture capital and be, we're the best at venture capital raising. Like that's just not how we work. So it's all about the customer. And in a sales perspective, yeah, we celebrate when we, when somebody says, yeah, we used to be with ABC company and we chose you. We do love that. But it, it really is. It's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because I'm kind of the same way. Like, I don't really think about it. Um, just, it helps us focus on us because we're not, comp- we're not really competing with them for anything. We're just like, they do it. We do it. Great. Thanks. That's the philosophy in the sales department. Yeah. And I was maybe being a little bit hyperbolic, <laughs> hyperbolic. Is that the right word? Um, earlier, you know, we obviously come across and see things that the other visitor management systems in the space are doing. One really good example of that is um, beginning of the pandemic, you know, March, April, May of 2020. We heard all the time temperature taking. We want a temperature reader integrated with the system. And we know some of our rivals, other visitor management systems in the space, did that type of integration. We sat back and we said to Tom's point, what's best for us and our customers? And we made the decision to go down the route of contactless check-in and that that was going to be something that was more long-term focused. The data showing temperature and, and how little it correlated to an actual positive case of COVID, we just didn't feel like that was best for our customers and the people that were coming to us. We feel we will, we were proven right in that situation. I mean, uh, hardly anyone takes temperatures anymore, except maybe when you go into a hospital, which I think is a good thing anyway. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that, that would be a really good example of we understood what our, our rivals in the space were doing, but we made a decision for ourselves, And in much the same way on the marketing side, I don't want what our rivals are doing to influence the work that. James, Kayla, and I are doing on the marketing side. And so I know when we started our live demos, gosh, two years ago, Tom, yeah, like, two and a half, yeah, two and a half. Our, our rivals started copying us, but now we've released a product to her on our site and we've sunsetted live demos. And maybe that's a topic for a different day, but we're, I didn't want to be influenced by, oh, well, our rivals are still doing it. So we still have to do it. It's just not something that I want to influence our day in and day out work. We need to be creative in our own, in our own mind and our own world and take inspiration from other places outside of the visitor management bubble, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think for a while, you know, as a team, we've been doing things like really slowing down. We have the turtle police that makes us sort of stop and really think things through and not just rush to make choices. And we are really focused on customers. That's always been very important. But this idea of maybe not trying to beat others or not having competition, but rather having rivals, some of this language and mentality is sort of a newish approach for us. What have you all noticed by sort of adopting this new language and really focusing in on, we're not worried about the competitors. We're really focused on us and our customers. Calmness. Oh. <laughs> um, this, when you're not trying to beat somebody else, because I mean, really, what are you going to be? You know, and I, I go back to the Simon Sinek uh, story about the difference between Microsoft and, and Apple. And when he was in the back of a cab with the Apple guys, and he's like, I got this new thing. And the, the Apple from Microsoft, which was the Zoom, I think, their real music player. And he's mm-hmm. like, 
He's like, this is better than yours. And the guy from Apple goes, yeah, it probably is. Great. Conversation over. So for us, it's like, if somebody comes out with a feature, we're not like, oh my gosh, they have this. We got to get this. Oh, we're going to lose. We don't have that losing mentality. We're like, okay, great. Well, let's see how it goes. If it's something that comes up from enough customers, it's something that makes sense in our grand scheme of things and the customers that we have and where we're really good at with our customers, then we will explore the option. It's, it's gave us that sense of calm and realizing that the pressure to continually perform. Now, don't get me wrong. We're growing like crazy. This, and I think there's a, a, a misunderstanding is that, oh, you're in an infinite game. You're just like throwing your hands up and eating bonbons and relaxing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're growing. Like uh, Quinn, our enterprise accounting executive, he set a brand new record for the most new location sales in one week ever last week. So it's not that they're slowing down. It's that they're doing it with a different mentality. That's uh, not just, I have to close this sale today. I have to get this now. I have to do what I like to call an unnatural act. Um, we don't have an issue where our sales department is giving things to our customer experience department and the customer experience department says, we can't do that. It's, a, it's made the entire company work together in a much more, I, I'm going to sound all, you know, what a, a symbiotic way, uh, <laughs> but we work together. And it's taken a while to get this into the sales department because really we're we're uh, we're mo mostly numbers focused, but changing that and having this where we're not really in competition with anybody, it's it's made for a lot of calm and it's made for better decisions and clearer decisions. It's a difference between a reaction and a response. You you know you you react. It's like gut, I gotta go. But responding gives you that time to breathe, that time to calm. And then come up with the best solution for not only the company, but also for the customers. Yeah. Well, and what comes to mind for me, we talked about this a long time ago on the podcast is goals. And when you have an outcome goal, it's not in your control. It can be really stressful. And when you shift and focus on more of the process and how you get there and the things you control, you're actually much more likely to meet and exceed those outcomes when you shift your focus. So it can also bring a lot of, like you said, kind of a different mentality to it. So Michael, what have you noticed in the marketing department by you know, taking on this approach of, we have rivals, we're in this infinite game, what's been going on on your side? I'll, I'll say it's really hard to remove the word competitor from your vernacular <laughs> uh, and, and make the switch to rivals because I mean, for decades, we've used the word competitor, right. or at least I have. Uh, so just that, um, I think, on the marketing side and, and in the company as a whole, what I feel it does is it really continues to focus you on your customers and what they need. The decisions that you're making or the, the messaging that you're sending out into the, into the, the space, you are, it's coming from customers and it's coming from the sales team and the conversations that they're having with real people. Like, and and that we're not being driven by any outside force that doesn't really have our best interest in mind. And uh, so we're we're really focused. Obviously, anybody listening to this, I would just implore you: listen to your customers more than you listen to your rivals. And the chat, like I've been in situations. I used to work at a government software company where every product decision was made based on what a handful of other competitors in the space were doing. They changed their back-end system. We need to change the look and feel of our back-end system. They added this module. 
we need to add this module. And it's just this never ending, like war of barbs being tossed across the bow over to each other. And it's exhausting. You know, you never feel like you're ever really making decent progress. And meanwhile, your customers are like, um, can you just fix what already works <laughs> or what, what's already like what I already paid for? Yeah. So that would be the thing. Listen to your customers, engage with them more. Obviously on the marketing side, listen to what your sales team is saying and, and help those, like let those conversations guide you far more than what your competitor, if that's the language you're still using, <laughs> what they, what they tweeted out, what they, what new blog they posted on their website. I mean, seriously, Sarah, we've had rivals of ours word for word, copy and paste blogs from our website onto theirs. And at one point, like I would have cared about that. Yeah. Like if that's how you got to operate your business, then <laughs> more power to you. I'm going to worry about what I'm, I'm, uh, what I can affect, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be more money. There's always going to be somebody with more capital, with better, with 20 or 30 or 50 or 300 designers to design product. And if you're constantly chasing that, you don't ever get that sense of fulfillment as a company. And you, by doing what we're doing now, there's such a sense of fulfillment and a sense of, uh, a sense of togetherness. And you never know when the idea is going to come or where it's going to come from. You know, we have people hopping into Intercom from our development team on the regular, like every day, just they want to see, what are they saying? And it's, it's bubbling into every section of our company because they're realizing that it's not about the rivals. It's literally, it's about what our customers want and what feedback are we truly getting? Because, you know, if we would have spent the time, money and effort resources on temperature checking instead of contactless, we probably would be having a different conversation right now. <laughs> so, I mean, I think part of what I'm hearing is even if you rebrand competitors to rivals, it's really not about them. It's about your customers and what is it that you can do to best fulfill their needs. But even with that, I think there is something that may be intriguing to our listeners about sort of rebranding the idea of competitors and looking at them as rivals and maybe even making that further shift to not focusing on them as much. So any final thoughts for listeners who are interested in this idea? Because it could be a big mental and actual practical shift for a company. Yeah. Uh, to, to Tom's point earlier, I, I would say in closing, um, calm down. Like. <laughs> Pay attention, yes, to what's happening in the space if you if you want to and you can't get that out of your your rhythm. But stop making and stressing out as much as you can uh, about what your rivals are doing in the space. Yes, and yes, make no mistake about it. We are trying to win business here. <laughs> We're we all are are all employed for a very specific reason. Tom's team, Tom himself, me, my team, we all have very specific <laughs> reasons why we're doing what we do and what we show up to work and get paid to do. But um, just use it as an opportunity to learn, to grow, uh, to, to also calm down and refocus your efforts where you can make the best impact, the biggest impact for you, your company, your team, and your customers. Most of, most of all, your customers have to come uh, above what your rivals are doing. Yeah. I, I'm going to second that notion. It's Calm is the thing, like 
making decisions based on what others are doing is going to hurt you in the long run. I mean, look at all the companies that have been around that have tried to, you know, I have my hand in quotes, keep up with their competitors and they just didn't have the funds, the know-how, whatever it may be, is if you're listening to this and you're very interested in kind of trying to wrap your head around how do you do this, it's not as simple as going, okay, they were competitors and now they're rivals. Michael and I went through a very similar exercise a year or so ago when we were going to go, we went from demo or sorry, webinar to live demo. And it wasn't just changing the name. It was an entire shift on how the the material was presented. And it's going to take a moment for, especially if you've never heard this concept before and you're listening, it's going to take you a while to really understand the difference between going from a competitor to a rival is it's not just a name. It's not just a word. (laughs) It's a mindset. It's a shift in how you look and feel about those individuals who maybe you were like, I got to beat them. You know, I go back to my previous life. I wanted to steal business, win business. All the, think about what I just said, steal business. Like that's a winner and a loser mentality. Like there, there is no winner or loser when you're doing it like this. There's just, let's just continue to perpetuate the game. I think that's the hard, the hardest part, but if you stick with it, the rewards are calmer. But from a sales standpoint, to echo Michael, oh no, we're very, very focused on where we're going to go and how we win and how we help support our customers and what their actual needs are. Yeah, absolutely. And as Andy, our president and CEO has talked about, we are trying to create profit. We are not a nonprofit. We are here to make money. And then how we use that money to help grow our company, support our customers and our community, it all comes back. And um, Michael, who loves quotes without meaning to, I think he's created a new quote in closing, calm down. So <laughs> I, hope, I hope we see that circulate. Uh, so thank you to both of you for being on the podcast again today. It's always fun when we get both of you together. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. We hope we've given you some ideas to think about. If you'd like to watch the recording of this episode, visit us at thereceptionist.com.